0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks. is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to PricePix.com slash Locked On NBA and use the code Locked On NBA for a first deposit match up to $100.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day.
2: It is Locked On Jazz for the 6th of March. We're in New Orleans. We lived through Mardi Gras by staying in because I'm really old. We'll find out if you're disappointing me. We'll look at last night's action in our playoff push, as we always do, and then we'll continue to look at the Jazz and the Pelicans. Demarcus Cousins' impact on the Warriors. Gordon Hayward's article in ESPN. And where do the Jazz stand in the West? Dan Devine writes that they could be the hidden giant. We'll talk about it all coming up on Locked On Jazz. How how are you? I'm David Locke, Radio Voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, lots of geeky numbers as well. You can get this on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts. It's your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. I am hope you're great. Thanks very much for tuning in. We're in New Orleans. Um, We'll play the Pelicans tonight. We'll head right after that to Memphis, get a day off in beautiful Memphis, Tennessee, before we play them on Friday. And then uh, we're off for the weekend and come back home with some games. Tickets are available to those at utahjazz.com. The season's kind of winding down here pretty quickly, so you do want to make sure that you get out and see the team, get your tickets, whether it's in the Ford Fan Zone and all-you-can-eat tickets or just regular tickets. It's utahjazz.com. All right. Uh, Let's do our daily look at the playoff push and what happened last night. I hope you guys like this. Uh, Let me know. I mean, this is something I build every year. I I assume you like it. I assume it tells a story. Um, So let me know. Oklahoma City went to Minnesota yesterday, 54% win probability, and lost. Oklahoma City has suddenly lost 5 of 6. They had an 83 win probability against the Grizzlies. They had to come back at the last second to win. And they are now 0 and 1 in their of their first six pickem games. 1 and 2 in their should win games and 1 and 1 in their certain win games. So, when we projected this all started, Oklahoma City had 37 wins. We took, I, I would guess that we took them winning about all eight of their certain wins. That's what they do well. I would guess we took them, I mean, I don't have it written down, so I'm kind of guessing. So 13 of their 15, 60% or more wins. Three of their, uh, to get them to 16, and then maybe one or two of their unlikelies, to get them to set 1 to 17 wins. So 15, 13, 12, 12 or 13, 3 and 1. And that gets them to seven They're they're not going to be anywhere near that. Like this is really interesting with Oklahoma City. If we had them at winning set, they seventeen since we di- when we built this coming out of the All Star break. We had them winning seventeen games to close. Well, they they've already dropped five of them, and they've already dropped one more game of their should wins or certain wins that we were projecting. They've they're gonna have to go four and two in their pickems, and they have dropped the unlikely. So our projected win total on them was 54. They're well under that performance level right now. Oklahoma City is now in a fight for home court advantage. In fact, I would argue that I think Houston and Portland are much more likely to get home court advantage now than Oklahoma City, and 538 would agree with me. I mean, this whole thing is going exactly where we expected it to go when the season started. It is just narrowing down to the smallest of margins. Which is just going to make every game, like tonight, feel like it's worth everything. So that was another huge drop by Oklahoma City. Portland had a 51-win percentage against the Grizzlies last night, having already won... Five of six on this road trip, and they dropped it to Memphis. That's why it was at 51%. It was a pick a little surprising, though, as well as they're playing with everything on the line, but I've talked about this before. The trend we will see is everyone wins everything, and then they start to get tired. Now, it's a little early for tired. The Raptors, on the other hand had a 37 win possibility in Toronto last night the exact same win probability that they had in Boston the other night and they won again and this this is their third win when their win probability has been at 20 not at 37% or less I mean with their they've played three games with win probability under 40%, they're 3-0. and So Houston, who we looked at at 51 wins, is doing the opposite. When we looked at Houston at 51 wins, we had them winning 18 games the rest of the way. We had them winning 15 of their certain or should wins, two of their pick'ems for 17, and one of their remaining five unlikelies to get to their 18 wins. They've already won three of those, and everything else is still online for them. So they're suddenly projecting up to 53 maybe wins. This is why I've said if you're going to get home court and you're the Utah Jazz and you are going to be certain of getting home court, I think you're going to have to finish with 53 wins, which is a bore at this point. That means going 17-2 and two the rest of the way. To be certain of home court. Because I think Houston's getting to 53, and then you've got to be a game ahead of Portland OKC if they get to 52. Now, if they only get to get to 51, then we can drop that to 16-3. and three. But I'm saying certain. And then you have to figure out your tiebreakers with both of them by that point. Conference record right now, the Jazz are twenty two and eighteen, Portland's twenty and twenty, Oklahoma City's twenty-three and nineteen. Divisional record would actually matter if all three of those teams tie because divisional record will determine the division winner first. Portland is just four and eight, Oklahoma City six and six, Utah is six and seven. That OKC game coming up here on Monday. Tickets are available is Mammoth. Because of the division thing. But you have to beat Oklahoma City, I believe, by a game at this point. Right? Aren't we 0-3 versus OKC this year? So that's last night. The other one that happened was the Celtics beat the Warriors. We'll touch on that in a second. But let's look at 538 for a second and see how it changes every day. It's changing every day. It's crazy. So the Nuggets are now projected to 53 wins. The Rockets at 52. 53 might get you, as I'm talking about, 53 might get you the second seed. This is exactly what I thought was going to happen when the year started. It's just taking us a really roundabout way to get there. And 53 is a bigger number than I thought, but I'm not sure Denver gets there. I, I said the whole time I thought the Jazz could get to 52 wins and be the two seed. We'll see if they get there. The Blazers, the Thunder, and the Jazz are all projected to be 50 and 32 now, according to 538, with the Rockets two games ahead. Clippers and Spurs are at 45 with no one challenging. Lakers are done, Kings are at 40. The ESPN Basketball Power Index, which is very similar, 538. And them all kind of own the same. They have Denver at 53. They still have Houston at 50. Portland at 50. Utah at 49. Oklahoma City at 49. It's interesting. If Houston is three, there's no good route in the playoffs anymore. For a while, it felt like Houston was going to be 4-5. or five, And then... Golden State's going to be one, and so if you got in the other bracket, you had maybe a little bit of a model by which you could sneak through some things. Trying to sneak through the playoffs is a pretty ridiculous idea, though. Basketball reference has Denver at 53, Portland at 50, Houston at 50, Utah at 49, Oklahoma City at 49. It is just going to be something else. It's great. Tonight's huge. Every night's huge. How crazy is this? How crazy is this? All right, we'll talk about uh, the game tonight, DeMarcus Cousins' impact on the Warriors, Gordon Hayward's article, uh, as well as where the Jazz kind of sit in the Western Conference with all these other teams. Uh, I got an email yesterday. Well, I got lots of emails yesterday, actually. Too many emails yesterday. But I got one email titled Mudslide Cookies, and I opened it up, and it was from Corey Merrill, and it said... Finally dropped by the store, and the Mudslide cookies are delicious. Go Jazz. I don't lie to you on this, guys. If it's, like last night, I went out for dinner with a TV crew, and uh, one of our coaches joined us, and this is great. Rest-. Like, I don't miss on restaurants and sweets, Very rarely. Very, very rarely. The Mudslide cookie is that good. The new Leatherbees Family Creamery Mudslide ice cream is out and available for you exclusively at the store they've got the vanilla caramel mudslide as well as the mocha mudslide stop by the store 6200 south 20th east and go pick up the brand new ice cream when you're at the store you get you'll feel that local flavor that local touch that's there exactly like this i mean this is the great example of what the store is leatherby jeff walks in leatherby's ice cream guy starts he mentions the store Leatherby Ice Cream Guys. So I know the story. I listen to locked on jazz. They start talking. Jeff tells me the story. I say we should make mudslide cookie ice cream. He calls the Leatherby guys. He says we're in. Next thing you know, we're making mudslide ice cream, and it's a local product built by a local company with local ideas. It's no different than the tortilla chips that are there for the woman he sat at the wedding. From the to June pies that are just amazing, to all the local flavors and feel, and you can also tell just from the meat selection and everything else that there's been a personal touch to everything that's been done at the store. 6200 South, 20th East. Stop on by. Tell me how you like the Mudslide Cookie, and tell me how you like the Mudslide Cookie ice cream, the Locked On Mudslide ice cream. It's kind of awesome. All right.
0: Uh... This is Jake from Locked On. Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
2: So DeMarcus Cousins is having a not very good impact on the Warriors, if you haven't noticed. Uh, I'm so stunned by this. I never possibly saw this coming the whole time and said the whole time that our greatest hope is that DeMarcus Cousins screws up the Warriors. Um, I think what gets interesting here is how they get out of this. So, he's screwing up the Warriors. He had 10 points last night on 12 shots. They're now a minus .8 uh, when he's on the floor. That's incredible, by the way. How are you possibly negative when you're on the floor with Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green? I mean, how? The Warriors are 9.8 points better with Cousins off the floor. The five-man lineup with Cousins is negative. You take him out of that lineup, they're unstoppable. So now what do they do? And it can be that DeMarcus is not a particularly efficient offensive player. And so um, every single time he gets a, the shot, as I've talked about the whole time, it's somebody else getting the shot, which is, you know, the best thing possible. It can be that he's just coming back from his Achilles and he's not good yet. Okay, either of those, it doesn't matter right now why. The fact is they're not nearly as good... With him on the floor, they have won in just once in the past six games when he's on the floor and just seven of the 17 games he's played. Think about how incredible that is. He starts, he plays with their best players in only seven of the 17 games have they outscored their opponents. And I I hope and hope and hope as a Jazz fan that they keep trying. Like that they keep saying, well, we'll just keep giving him more run. He'll get better. It'll get better. It's not getting better. It's not going to work. Now they didn't have they' were missing Clay Thompson last night, but still they're they're not quite right, and I don't know if I think they're vulnerable because they're just that good, but they have lost three of four, including losses at Orlando. At Miami, they have lost three of five, including losses to the Rockets and the Celtics at home. They have lost five of eight, including losses to the Blazers, Rockets, and Celtics. So, and they have not been right all year. That's the other thing that I think is the misnomer on the whole situation with DeMarcus Cousins, is that they did not bring them him into a stable situation. That, that was not a stable situation at all. All right. Uh, interesting article by Jackie McMullen, who just does great work on Gordon. I thought there were three things that were really interesting on this article. One, I thought, you know, we, you can, we can all hate Gordon for leaving Utah. We also feel like we might have some idea of what he's like and what he once was. And so I think anyone who's got can tell this has been incredibly difficult on him and I thought it was really interesting that he's seeing a mental health coach. And that's great. Like he's a professional athlete. He should be. Um, and it's great how normal that is becoming. Um, it just makes sense. We had a you know an advertiser for a short period of time on our show who was doing mental health coaching for high school kids and it, it just seemed to make so much sense, right? Like that you're that you're going and you send your high school kid to the weight room and do all the squats and do everything else. Like, why aren't you working every part of your body? So I thought that was really, you know, great that Gordon was who it's not. I was a little surprised Gordon admitted to this. He's not. That's not his style. Um, it's pretty private. Pretty holier than thou. I didn't really think that he would do that. So I thought that was great. I thought the way Jackie McMullen presented his relationship and friendship with Jason Tatum in the context of the play in which Gordon doesn't throw the ball to Kyrie and throws it to Tatum instead, was really incredibly insightful to what's going on in that Clipper locker room. Jalen Brown yesterday in The Guardian called it toxic, that there definitely are little clicks going on in that locker room, that part of Kyrie's reaction was that, without, Jackie never said it, but it's clear to me reading it, that part of it is that Gordon's pass to Tatum in Kyrie was about their friendship and his lack of friendship with Kyrie which is also interesting to go back and remember that Isaiah Thomas is the one that recruited Gordon to Boston and I'm sure at that point when Gordon's health he saw Isaiah Thomas as one B to his one A Kyrie doesn't see anyone as his one as him being one B to anyone nor probably should he with his skill set And then the other one, I thought Marcus Smart had a really interesting quote in that article in regards to the idea that, um, you know, we all understand where Gordon's coming from and what Gordon's experiencing, but you don't want the other guys to get lost in it and you don't, you know, you got to earn your minutes. A little bit of an implication that maybe not all of Gordon's minutes have been completely earned. Uh which I think gets into the Brad Stevens-Gordon relationship and gets really interesting there. And then, um, so there was just a lot, a lot, a lot to that article. I, there was there was just a tremendous amount of little pieces in there. Jackie does such incredible work. But that was a good piece on ESPN. Then they turn out and go blow out the Warriors last night. So they're f- certainly feeling good about themselves. Uh, Jazz Pelicans. So, the Jazz have defensively got to figure out something to do with Julius Randle and Drew Holiday getting in the paint. That, that is first and foremost to the game plan. I suspect the one thing the Jazz were really good at in their game plan was they were taking away the pocket pass. The problem is when Anthony Davis is on the floor, If Anthony Davis is rolling to the back, if you bring the big up and Anthony Davis rolls to try to stop the drive and you roll Anthony Davis, they're just lobbing it over the head to Anthony Davis. Now, when Anthony Davis is not in the game, you can probably try to come up and pressure the ball handler a little bit more with the big at the point of the screen. But again, if you allow the big, they're big, behind Gobert, or Favors, who's defending at the point of the screen, then you have the lob problem. The Jazz did a fabulous job of taking away the pocket pass on that pick and roll, which is a huge part of the Pelicans' offense. But in turn, it meant that you had the Drew Holiday working in the paint the way he was for his 30-point night and Randall in his 30-point night. So this is a really tricky game plan. Now, the Jazz had about a four and a half hour. No, I'm kidding. But they had a really long film session yesterday. It was not four and a half hours. Trey Lyles. But they had a long film session yesterday, going through late game situations as well as going through how to defend the Pelicans. And so they'll be better prepared. But that's going to be the thing that's super interesting to watch in this ballgame. Are the Utah Jazz the hidden sleeping giant of the Western Conference? It's the headline story in The Ringer. We'll discuss it as we continue. It's Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On NBA today is the Wednesday edition. Jake Corrales, or Jake Madison and John Corrales coming your direction. And uh, we're hoping to have a very special show for you tomorrow. Uh... We'll see if I can get it done. I'm trying to get a very special guest for the Thursday edition of Lockdown NBA tomorrow, and a must-listen to show uh, from a former NBA player who's gone through quite a tumultuous road. He's written a book about it, and hopefully uh, will be able to join us. If not this week, uh, possibly coming up next week. This is Locked On Jazz.
0: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: All right, so big article in the uh, ringer. Are the Jazz the sleeping giant of the Western Conference? I don't know. If, I think they're doing a sleeping giant series is the way I read it. Um, and I think it was an interesting idea. We're playing, you know, we've we've clicked in. We're playing better. There are teams that are better than the Jazz. So what's clear to me, the Warriors are better. The Bucks are better. Though we beat them, but that wasn't. The Bucks are better. The Raptors, I think, are better. And I do think that the Rockets are beginning to show that they're better. Now, since January 1st, only those first three are better. What also, I think, is happening right now is that the soft schedule Oklahoma City played and they're now playing otherwise is showing that they are not as great as everyone thought. Denver is really interesting to me. Denver has some numeric... I, I Actually, my eye test on Denver is almost entirely on board. There are two or three statistical things on Denver that have me with a little bit of a question mark. So one of them is that they allow the most corner threes of anyone in the NBA... They allow the 27th most amount of threes of anyone in the NBA. And teams are shooting the second lowest percentage on corner threes and the seventh lowest percentage on above the break threes. I think that that might just be good luck. Considering that for the last three years, they've allowed 38% on, on all threes. And now all of a sudden, they're, excuse me On non-corner threes, they're only allowing 33% in seventh overall. So the above-the-break three, which is the most variant three in the NBA, the Nuggets are allowing 33.1%. They've allowed 38% for three straight years on that shot, which is high. So maybe it's all coming back to the norm, or maybe it's going to jet back up. The other one on them is they have been just unusually lucky in the clutch. So Denver's defensive rating in the clutch is the number one defensive rating in the NBA at 95.8. Five minutes left within five. Teams are shooting 21% from three against Denver in the clutch this year. To me, that's just getting lucky. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe they're that good defensively, but there's no one else is really that good defensively, and they don't have a track record of that. In games that are within three points with three minutes left, opponents have shot 34%, 21% from three. And the Nuggets are 21-9. and nine. The only other team having any experience like this is the Clippers, where teams are shooting 33%. And 16% from three, and they're 15 and nine. If you just normalize those two things by just a tiny, tiny bit, suddenly Denver's 39 and 25, right with Oklahoma City, right with Houston, right with Portland. They're all 39 and 25 right now. And I think that's a more accurate depiction of who Denver is. We'll see. I could be wrong. I don't know how you ever prove it. but So to me, it was interesting. I, I think we're entirely flawed. I, I think there's all sorts of things that are wrong with us. Uh, I I even said to Ron the other day, how do we win games? And he said to me, yeah, on paper, it's hard to see. I'm like, I'm not on paper. Look on the court. right?" I mean, I'm not going to run through the list, but it's like, how is this possible? And yet, It is. To the credit of Dennis Lindsay and his front office, this group works. A bunch of these players clearly have more value than what people think they do, what your natural instinct is when you watch them, and the collective group even more. And tip of the hat to the coaching staff for the way that they use them, and tip of the hat to the players for all being maybe that loose ball guy, that play hard guy, doing things that just don't necessarily make it in the headlines in the way that make the Jazz a little bit better. I mean, to one sense, I just don't think we're that much better than the Minnesota Timberwolves. On the other sense, I just don't think we're that much worse than the Denver Nuggets. Right? And frankly, in tonight's game, if Anthony Davis starts, you might take three of their five starters. Over ours. Right? I mean, AD and Gobert are both incredible, but AD's generally thought of better. You might take Randall. And you're taking Drew Holiday for certain. Unless he's starting at the two, and then you're in a debate with Donovan. But, like, the Pelicans are 30 and 36. I I don't see a huge difference between the Pelicans and the Jazz. I think that's where we are. And frankly, when the season started had the Pelic with the Pelicans healthy, I saw no difference between them. Right, I had the Pelicans being a home court advantage team winning fifty games, and the Jazz being a fifty one, fifty two win team being a home court advantage team. I saw them as the exact same. I saw the Jazz being an elite defensive team with an average offense, and I saw the Pelicans being an elite offensive team with an average defense. So it's interesting to me as we evaluate where everyone stands and try to look at this I think that's where we are is that and then if the warriors aren't right then this gets really fun but I I do think that's where we are right now is that when you look at these teams and you look at ourselves you, you, we I can beat us up forever, and then you go look at Denver and you beat that. You can beat them up a little bit too, and you can beat up Oklahoma. Like, all of them are really good, and all of them are really flawed. They're all very good teams, but the great teams are maybe only Milwaukee, Toronto. I mean, when the year started, I thought it was Golden State and Toronto, I'm now put Milwaukee in that. And then to Houston's credit, now that they don't have Carmelo, and they are healthy, and they're putting this thing back together, they're pretty damn good right now. All right, that is Locked on Jazz today. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, some interesting art pieces in that Dan Devine article. Um, Jazz are taking six more threes a game since January 1st. Donovan getting the most drives of anyone in the league since January 1st as the Jazz are playing more shooting. All right, have a great one. Enjoy yourself. Thanks for tuning in to Locked on Jazz. I super appreciate it. Locked on NBA is a good one, so tell your car your smart device in your car right now to play podcast Locked On NBA. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast
0: ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.